So I was paying attention a Friday night when we gathered to, uh, to, to worship on Good Friday. And as we were reading those lessons, I discovered in that very last reading that when Jesus died, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a secret follower of Jesus, came and asked for the body, and Nicodemus, who came to Jesus at night and started as a secret disciple, came with him. And then there were these words in that gospel account. It says, Nicodemus brought 75 pounds of spices. That's a lot of spices. And it said that they, they, he did that in order to fulfill uh, the, the Jewish ceremony for how you would bury a body. And they buried Jesus' body with that 75 pounds of spices and they rolled the stone in front of the tomb. So that's not the surprising part. The surprising part is, what was going on the next morning? Why did the women rise early in the morning, by the way, earlier than we were gathered next door, while it was still dark, why did they make their way to the tomb? What were they expecting to do? The body had already been prepared appropriately for burial and in fact had already been buried. The stone that they put in front of the tomb was way too heavy for them to even have a hope of being able to move it. The truth of the matter is, even if they had convinced the Roman soldiers that were standing guard at the tomb to remove the stone, they couldn't have done it. It was just too heavy. So what was the purpose of them coming? Well, I'm not sure what their purpose was, but I think I have a pretty good idea of what God's purpose was. Because when they get to the tomb, an angel of the Lord comes down from heaven with an earthquake and rolls the stone away, And those women, while, by the way, the other disciples, the men are kind of hiding away in the upper room because they're afraid of the Roman soldiers. They're afraid that what they had just done to Jesus, they would also do to the followers of Jesus. The women had no such fear. And when this angel shows up and this earthquake happens, the Roman soldiers are like dead men and the women are just listening. And they're told, come and see. Look in the tomb and see that it's empty. And then go and tell his disciples. So with fear and joy they leave. And what happens? Jesus shows up. They've already been given the message from the angel, angel by the way means messenger of God, the messenger of God tells them what to do and Jesus shows up and what does he say? Don't be afraid, go and tell the disciples. These women become the first witnesses to the resurrection and of course they go and tell the disciples, I've 
seen the Lord. And the story of Easter begins to unfold. Christ is risen. Oh, wait, Joe, you blew it. I just heard you say has. We don't say Christ has risen indeed, do we? Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. We're not talking just about something that happened 2,000 years ago. We're talking about the resurrection promise that is alive and well this very day. Christ is risen, not he was. The, the story of the resurrection continues to be our story. The hope of the resurrection continues to be our hope. The truth is, this day, this Easter day, marks a transformation that changed the world. It marks a transformation that changed the disciples' world. Those disciples who were hiding in that upper room afraid, those disciples that had, had scattered and, and left Jesus as he was going through the humiliation of his trial and of his beating and of his crucifixion. Even Peter, who with great conviction said to Jesus, even if I must die, I will never leave you. And Jesus says, <laughs> this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. But do not be afraid, because I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and bring you to myself. You see, Peter wanted to be faithful. Do you want to be faithful? I do. I do. But am I always? No, I'm a lot like Peter. But Jesus' response is to say, Peter, it's okay because I am going to make the way for you. I'm going to prepare the place for you. You don't have to prepare it for yourself. I'm going to come and get you and bring you to myself. And the truth is that that story of transformation becomes the resurrection hope. It, resurrection hope is realized in the lives of all of the disciples. Their lives change radically from living in fear and uncertainty to living radical lives of hope and conviction and sharing the gospel. Most of them ended up giving their lives. It, it wasn't easy after the resurrection, but they were given a hope that sustained them in the midst of the struggle. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we're celebrating Easter, but that doesn't mean our lives are easy, does it? There are those sitting among us right now dealing with cancer. Some of our brothers and sisters in Christ have been told about the terminal illness of people they love deeply. Many here this morning are experiencing some form of grief for a loved one that they have lost. But 
We do not grieve as those without hope. We grieve as those with a resurrection hope. That promise of resurrection is a promise in Jesus for us. And so that hope gives us the the courage to move forward. That hope uh, sustains us in the difficult times. And, And by the way, let me just say, there are times when I get discouraged. There are times when my faith feels a little light. And it's those times that I turn to my brothers and sisters and I experience encouragement in and through them. I turn to my lovely wife who supports and encourages me. I turn to my great colleague who supports and encourages me. And I'm reminded that while each one of us received this promise from Christ that through his death and resurrection we are made right with God, through our faith in Jesus we are promised eternity, we're also promised a community, our brothers and sisters in Christ that can walk with us through the difficult days, who can sustain us, in fact who can carry us through those days. What a gift it is to be a part of the family of God. And it was wonderful this morning at 6.30 to gather with the community of faith beyond just St. Timothy's with our neighbors next door and our neighbors who worship in the Carter Building. Brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God, in the promise of Jesus. I was uh, reading... Uh, this week in John Orkberg's book, Who Is This Man? And he wrote, the disciples came to understand themselves to have a mission or a calling. Their task was one, form a community that reflected the presence and power of the God they learned about from Jesus. Two, extend the love of this community to everyone. And three, invite anyone who's interested to join them. When persecution came and they were scattered, they took this as a summons to spread the word. And that's precisely what they did. Listen to these words from the early church in Acts chapter 10. Then Peter began to speak, I now realize that God does not show favoritism. He began to realize that while Jesus preached primarily and and often only to the Jews, the the church realized that, that Jesus is the Messiah of the Jews, but also of the Gentiles. He realized that God loves everyone. By the way, that's something that we also don't do very well, but are called to do in Jesus' name. And then listen to this. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing good news of peace through Jesus Christ who is Lord of Lord of all. When we proclaim the love of Jesus who died on the cross for us, we're talking about the Lord Jesus who died on the cross for everyone. And so when we share that good news of God's love, there can be no doubt when we say God loves you. 
to everyone we're talking to. It is the truth of who God is. Listen to this also from Acts 10. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins in his name. Amen? First time you heard it, right? Hopefully we hear it every Sunday. Hopefully that's a part of our ongoing proclamation. Why do we keep repeating ourselves? Because when we look in the mirror and we see that we've fallen short, we sometimes forget that he still loves us. When we recognize our shortcomings, we sometimes have a temptation to believe the devil when he says, oh, but not you. (laughs) Not you. And so we need to be reminded that God loves you. That you are forgiven. That the promise for eternity is yours. And we can live with that kind of hope and security and reassurance. And we do that by being reminded to confess our sins every day and to experience the new life of the power of God at work within us through our faith. That we receive again by the Holy Spirit when our friends remind us that Jesus loves us. Listen to what Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, a beautiful prayer in Ephesians 1. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Listen. The power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. The power of God that we celebrate today that raised Jesus from the dead is offered to all of us for our lives, for our encouragement. And so day by day we need to be reminded of that promise because we go through our lives forgetting We run out of gas forgetting that there's a gas can in the trunk with plenty of gas left in it. We seem to think if we can't do it, it can't be done. But what God is able to do through us and our brothers and sisters in Christ will blow your mind. And so we're called to live in the power of that resurrection. Listen to Colossians. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. You have been raised with Christ, right? You have been raised with Christ, right? Amen. Since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. Set your minds on things above. For you died and your life is now hidden in Christ when Christ who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him 
in glory. Has Jesus been glorified? Amen. Will you be glorified? Yes. Right along with him because he shares his glory with you. That's the bizarre trade that he made on the cross. He took your sins so that you could be set free and he shares his glory with us who are in Christ Jesus. We have an amazing eternity eternity ahead so that we grieve and we struggle and we know pain and hardship but all with the hope and the knowledge of the promise of God that is made to us. We are invited to experience the resurrection life. We are invited to realize that power in our life each day. That's the hope of the resurrection. That's why as the church we gather on the first day of the week to celebrate the resurrection because that resurrection is shared with us. We've died to sin and we live to Christ and we are called to come and see and go and tell so that others might know the hope that is ours in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand.